I will say where I think Apple did a nice job, and perhaps this is a weird thing to say, is, is even on the pricing. Mm-hmm. So it's expensive, first of all. It's a little bit bigger in the same chassis size. At $2,400 is the starting price point. Yep. But for a starting price point, you get a very usable computer. Mm-hmm. You've got a ninth gen Core i7. It's a six core processor. You got the AMD Radeon 5300, four gigs of GDDR6 memory, I believe. Yep. 16 gigs of RAM and a 512 gigabyte SSD. So you've got a very workable computer. But the, how you spec this thing up now max out, I believe, with eight terabytes of SSD and 64 yep. gigabytes of RAM is about 6,500 bucks, which is obviously expensive. But for what you are getting doesn't seem crazy. No, not at all. Especially when you consider the fact that the 15 inch MacBook Pro, when you spec that out completely, it was more expensive by about $1,500. Yes. And did not have 64 gigs of RAM or an eight terabyte SSD in it. So you're getting more for less money here. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of technology, consumer electronics, and gadgets. And John, this week, it's almost like we are doing last week's show, but with actual news instead of speculation. Last week, we talked about Razer. Yep. What's Tesla going to do? When are they going to announce this truck? Now we've got a little more solid news on that. The MacBook Pro 16-inch that we've been talking about, I think, the last four episodes is finally here. So this week, we're actually going to give people some news, more news and less speculation. It is a hot, saucy news week, and there's a lot to unpack and talk about. So, yeah, let's start off with the Razer phone. Were you at the event? I was not at the event. Despite it being in San Diego, I was not there. It's like right there. It's right right by you. I mean, it's pretty close. Had some family stuff, take care of that night. Couldn't make it down to San Diego, but spoke to many people who have seen the phone, spoke to Motorola. I am super pumped about the reborn Razer, but (laughs) but it's not perfect. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think even the original one wasn't perfect. But were you around? I mean, you were around, but I don't think a lot of people, you know, yeah, we we were so, around. I, I waited adults. in line. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I waited in line in front of the singular store. I actually waited in line with, believe it or not, Ryan Seacrest. What? Uh, when I lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, it's my fun <laughs> Razor story. He was in line with me to get the V3. I had the Razor. I had the Crazer. Razer two. Wow. I mean, really kind of ran the gamut of uh, those Razer did phones. You, did you were, have the Rocker? I did not have. Do you uh, remember that one? Yeah, it was the iPod-y, iTunes ish yes. weird Motorola before the iPhone came. The first iPhone, the first phone that lets you sync iTunes files to it. Okay, so you had the original Razer. Yes. You were a Razer guy. So back in those days, I very much wanted a Razer. You didn't have but, one? No, I was on. I don't even know what year. I mean, this was this was before I was even doing anything in technology. So I think I was on Verizon. Okay. And so, you know, back then it was like you had to pick your carrier and then each carrier almost had their own selection of devices. Yeah, it wasn't it was it must have been a singular exclusive at that point when it launched, right? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So it just I just couldn't get it. And um, I had my old school candy bar, black and white screen, pulled the antenna out, Motorola phone. I forget what, what like that a, one was even called. Like a chump, man. Yes, that's right. Like <laughs> walking <a> chump. around. <laughs> so you, I can see why you're more excited about this than I am because oh, you were all in. I was all in. I, I got one. I my, got my dad one. He had a gray one. My wife had a pink one. You know, a few, few generations later, but this is hilarious. This was a killer. Like this was the hype phone before phones were were hyped. 
Like this now, was, correct me if I'm wrong. This was it. Back then, I mean, all phones seemed to have, at the end of the day, once you started using the actual device. Yeah. They were all fairly similar in having like a, yes. a terrible web experience. Oh, most the of them, most typing of most, yeah, most of them didn't even have a web experience. Right. They had the T9 keyboard. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. there was no web to be had. You're lucky if they had a camera. Um, right. Oh, absolutely. So the razor was really all about the looks, right? It was all about like the, yes. the form factor and not about like having a different software experience. Correct. So if you can back up and go through time, phones were, especially flip phones were, were fat. They were not design focused. Candy bar phones were huge. Mm-hmm. You know, this is back in like the Nokia days, you know, where you could choose to buy a battery add-on that added a vibration yes. motor. Like this was the... <laughs> This is the old school days of phones. So you got a new manufacturer coming on that's putting a design first. It was crazy. It was razor thin. It had a crazy metal keyboard. It mm-hmm. had a camera. It had a ridiculously silly UI, but who cared? All phones did back then was, was answer phone calls. Um, that's really it. That was it. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And what the original Razer did was brought almost something special to an existing form factor. And if you look at what the new Razer's doing, it's doing very much that same thing. It's bringing something new to an existing form factor. And I respect the heck out of Motorola for this, let's call it ambitious, ambitious launch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we gave everybody a little history lesson. Let's jump into 2019, the year that foldable phones became available to anyone who'd want to buy one. We now have the Motorola Razor, although this is a 2020 product. It's coming early 2020. Verizon exclusive. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what we have here, for all intents and purposes, is a phone that, at least at first glance, looks like a foldable phone with a foldable display that will not have some of those issues that many people have had with the Galaxy Fold. Yes. So I guess for people that haven't seen it, it's a foldable phone. It's taking a vertical fold. So it's like taking a normal candy bar phone and folding it in half the short way. And then you kind of open it up into, you know, a normal candy bar phone, close it Mm -hmm. into into a flip phone style. So what you've got is less of the screen area that's actually folding, which certainly lends itself to less areas with creases, more stable hinging, and just less issues overall. Yeah, and I'm looking at this and it also seems like there's less area folding, but it's also, I don't know how you want to say it, like the actual fold itself due to the way the hinge works is less of an extreme fold, which also contributes to the lack of a crease. Like when it opens up flat, correct. it's almost like there's no crease at all. Correct. And I want to give a shout out to the folks at CNET. Jessica Delcor actually had an exclusive with the phone and she actually got to work with Motorola sort of learn Mm -hmm. how that hinge works. And if you could sort of pick an area where where perhaps Samsung could have improved, it was the hinge. That was sort of their problem, their big problem, why they had to sort of recall and redesign. But if you look at the Razer, so first Motorola left part of the hinge visible so you could see it work. But when it Mm -hmm. closes, it creates a hollow space, which is kind of a weird thing to say. On the Fold, for example, when you closed it up, there was a gap in between. You could see it. So what Motorola did, they created that hollow space. The gap still exists, but the gap actually folds itself inside of the hinge and becomes invisible to the eye. So it's actually, you can't see it. So the gap is there. So the gap is there, but it it appears when you hold it that the phone is folding flat. And for those of you folks that never used a flip phone, it was very satisfying to fold it up and close it and end a phone call like that. 
Motorola Especially if you were mad. Yeah, you were having to argue with somebody. Motorola has mimicked that. They put magnets into the top and bottom, so you get a really satisfying, like, <laughs> nice. slam that thing down. And you're getting a lot of really cool stuff. Now, if you are going to knock this phone, there are a couple things you could point out, right? So it's got a big old chin, which certainly the original Razer yeah. had. So you could say it's a, it's a throwback. You've got a Snapdragon 710 yeah. as opposed to an 855 or 855 Plus, which not so awesome and less an amazing camera. Let's say it's 60 megapixel f 1.7 and it's single lens. There's no ultra wide or right. or zoom there. On the flip side, you are getting a 6.2 inch plastic OLED screen with a bit of a weird aspect ratio of 21 by nine. Yeah, weird. but it folds, but it folds. <laughs> it does fold. And that is amazing, <laughs> potentially problematic. And I think for a lot of people, you've got you know, potentially RAM management issues. So it'll be available either four or six gigabyte configurations. Mm -hmm. You couple out with the Snapdragon 710. I can't say this phone's going to be fast in a year. No, I mean, or now, I mean, at launch. Yeah, I mean, the 710 is capable enough, but it doesn't have much headroom, I don't think, for like 12, 24 months of, of constant Android updates and sort of maybe the memory management issues that the Android is known for. Yeah, but I think if you are holding in your hand today, an S9, an S10, Note 9, Note 10, Pixel 4, iPhone 10 or 11, and you're thinking I'm going to upgrade to this, I feel like your main upgrade is going back to what the Razer was all about all those years ago. Your upgrade is really going to be for form and function, like visual form and function. Yeah. You're not really upgrading for a better software experience or speed. You're not going to go faster if you upgrade to this from one of those other phones I mentioned, you may even feel like going a little slower and your camera is absolutely not going to be as good as any of those devices. This is like a camera from like four years ago, basically, at least the pictures that I've been seeing that people took with it. It looks outdated out of the gate, but I don't know. That's where I'm kind of like trying to figure out who is the buyer of this phone, especially if this is going to be your only phone. This is a $1,500 phone, by the way. This is your so, only phone. Who yes. is the customer? Because I don't know that the customer is someone who wants bleeding edge technology because the only bleeding edge technology you're getting here is the screen, which is some of the best bleeding edge technology out there. But the whole rest of the phone is going to feel like I don't know if people are going to feel disappointed after a couple of weeks after buying it. OK, so let me ask you a question. So. You are fortunate enough, you drive a performance Model 3. Is that correct? That's correct. Does right now 0 to 60 in, by all accounts, sub 3 seconds. Insanely yeah. fast, right? Yeah. Beautiful looking car, but it's not the most beautiful looking car on the planet. It's a good looking car. Mm -hmm. Would you trade your Model 3 performance for a Ferrari, Lamborghini, a Bugatti that could only go 65 miles an hour? Well, I think this is where we get into who is the buyer. So for me, though, <laughs> I think so. I guess if I'm being honest, the only reason I would say yes to that question is to then take the other car that I just got, the Bugatti, and then resell it to get the money for it and then go buy another Tesla and keep the remainder. But other, okay. you know, if you take that out of the equation, those other cars that you mentioned, those just aren't cars for me. Those are not cars for someone like me who has a wife, who has a kid, who you know, sure. all these have dogs, as beautiful as they are. Okay, so um, then say, say, so, a, so say, say a Lamborghini Urus, uh, the SUV deck, but it can only goes 65 miles an hour, but plenty of seats and room for all your stuff. 
uh, I have to say no. I can't do okay. it. So, but I, you, I, I like it. I like going you, fast. But you see the point. There are plenty of people. I see the point. Plenty of people who be like, you know what? I want people to know that I've got a Lamborghini. Yes, yes I don't yes, care yes. that it's not the fastest. Correct. Look how crazy cool this is. That's the same story of the original Razor. Yes, yes, oh, for sure. I would buy this phone. But, but would you buy this phone? Would you buy this phone knowing that this is your phone and your only phone? For the next 12 to 24 months. No, 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 absolutely not. We're weird. We have phones that come in every couple of days. There's right. something new, something, something right. new coming in. I know I don't have to use this for, for a year, two years. Mm-hmm. So it's for us, but we're weird. Right. But that's a weird market. We are not a big market. We are not a big market. But if you extrapolate like, okay, like the influencers mm-hmm. who people are going to see using it, like perhaps people will say, well, it's, it's good enough for Andrew Edwards. Maybe it should be good enough for me. Yeah. This is interesting. This is interesting. Verizon exclusive. I'm not a big fan of exclusivity. Weird. We haven't had an exclusivity thing in like a, that, that seems like an antiquated thing. We haven't had one of those in a long time. It's well, the Pixel, it, the Pixel has had the exclusivity thing before the Pixel 4. But it was sold unlocked. You could get it unlocked. True. Yes. Yes. So is this not being sold unlocked This at will all? not be sold, as far as oh, I know, unlocked. Wow. Okay. But it, Didn't realize that. Supposedly, it's a lifetime exclusivity agreement, but there will be an international version that supposedly will have the exact same band support as the Verizon one. So, you know, ways around it. That's interesting. This tells me these things are all adding up to me to say that this is similar to the Galaxy Fold in that this is not something they expect to sell a lot of. Maybe not even a million of these over the next year. This is oh, more completely something. Agree. They're going to make some, I don't know, 200,000, 300, 400,000. They're going to sell them and they're going to use use this as almost a I don't like to use the like the term public beta test because it makes it sound worse than it is. But basically, they're going to use this opportunity to learn where the technology should go in the future rather than implying that this is the full realization of foldable displays. So we can say that it's let's say, a widely available developer unit. There you go. Is that fair? I think that's fair. So you're buying one of these, just to be clear. Oh, yeah, 100%. If they don't send me one, I will definitely buy one. This is a phone that's on your radar and worth the money. For me, jeez, I feel like I feel like it's a phone I have to like do a video of, of course. Oh, 100 Yeah, this People is definitely a video this, phone. For sure. I don't like to do the thing where people buy a product and then knowingly to return it like i'm just gonna buy this so i can make a video but i know i'm gonna return it later i think that's kind of cheap and silly so i'd have to keep it if they don't send it to me so you say say that and i know we're on a podcast people are gonna listen and but do you really mean that in all honesty in behind closed behind closed doors which part you mean the return buy and return thing absolutely i i feel like if I were to buy something, knowing when I'm paying for it, knowing that I am going to return it. So I've, it's different than if I buy something, try it out and like, you know what, this isn't for me. Or sometimes what I do is I'll buy two of something, mm-hmm. knowing I'm going to return one of them. Like it'll have like different specs. So maybe I'll buy like a laptop with this processor and this much RAM and another one with a different processor and more RAM just to see can I get away with like doing my video editing on the lower end one or do I need the higher end version? And if I need the higher end version, then I'll return the lower end one. And if the lower end works, I'll return the higher end one. But I plan on keeping one. I'm just trying out to see. I don't like when I see people, they'll go to the store, they'll go to Best Buy knowing I'm returning this in a week. I'm just buying this to make a video. 
and then coming back here. Cause I just feel like I'm, I'm just giving them more work. And I also feel like now they're going to have to resell this thing for, you know, a discount all because I wanted to make a video. I don't know. I feel like it's not cool. <laughs> what do you think? Fair, fair enough. You're there every week returning stuff, aren't you? I'm not. I'm not there returning things every week, <laughs> but I have done it. I have done it and I'm not proud of it. And I try to limit when I do it. I'm just being honest. It's easier for me to sit here and say, no, I don't do it. Of course. Um, of course. Honesty is the best. But what you just said, though, is that you're not proud of it. So it, that implies to me. And I think that's the same I feel. I feel like I wouldn't feel proud of it. And so when you attach that to it, it does. If you're not proud of it, then it does feel like there's a reason that you wouldn't feel like, oh, this Absolutely. is just cool. Absolutely. So for the razor, if they don't send me one, <laughs> I have to purchase it. I have to. Yes, 100 percent. I agreed. But I, I would like to say for the record and have this on the record that if this was not my job, then damn it, I can't even say that because <laughs> so I was going to say if this wasn't my job, I would not buy one. But I'm someone who loves, you know, just like you, like I love new technology so much that I can't imagine not buying this, but it is not something that I could see myself using as my primary device. It would just be okay. more like to have as a toy. This is a phone that I cannot wait to get. And then just like show people like, look at this. Look at the future. <laughs> right. Look how cool. Look how cool this is. Yeah. Um, one thing that should also be stated separate from the Razer, the Huawei Mate X. Is it Mate X or Mate 10? I th- I'm Whatever. going X. OK. Huawei Mate X just went on sale today in China. Twenty four hundred dollars. Yes. This is the phone that has the outward fold instead of folding inward like a book. It folds the other way. I don't know how to really explain that the opposite of the galaxy fold yes so when you fold it the screen is on the outside instead of on the inside twenty four hundred dollars question for you if someone said hey well i guess no one has to do this i guess you could just do this if you wanted to are you going to go on ebay and import this phone for twenty four hundred dollars i am not why are you how do i want to say this just say it just say it no we're just we're just friends here oh no no it's not it's not that i have to think about how to say it it's just like how do i say this and come across properly to be understood. So you were very excited about the fold. You were very excited about the razor. You want them both. Why not the mate X? I think maybe it's because I've, I saw the fold at a press event. I got to hold it. You know, I've spoken to people who have held the razor and I've got nostalgic feelings for the razor. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that's held the Huawei. Um, And maybe I I haven't been able to share in that excitement that others have had with it. Okay. So it's more about what you've heard and the tangible experiences and less of watching a a video or looking at pictures and saying, oh, that's cool. I want it. Correct. What about you? Are you going to import one? I don't think so. I mean, twenty four hundred. I'm oh my God, dude. Like that's a lot of money, especially with like new MacBook Pros and like a bunch of other stuff coming out right, right now. Like, right. That's a lot of money. I mean, even when you look at the Galaxy Fold, which is one thousand nine hundred twenty bucks. So basically two thousand dollars. This is even more than that. And that phone was crazy. Like this is this is laptop levels. This is, I mean, I'm looking at the, which we will talk about, the new 16-inch MacBook Pros. The base yeah. is $23.99. This is a dollar more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. So, okay. But it, it is coming with a new protective <laughs> pouch. So See, I didn't know that. Now, I'm interested. Shipping with a protective pouch, which is evidently a, <laughs> a big deal. Imagine you have to, <laughs> you have to. After you use your phone, you have to place it in a pouch to carry it around. 
Put it in a pouch. Um, right. <laughs> like a kangaroo. I feel like I would be so terrified to breaking this. Um, yep. Just go with the screen on the outside. Yeah. You're just going to throw this know. in your back pocket. No. This isn't even like a throw in your pocket thing. This is like no. open it up, use it, fold it back up, put it in its put pouch, it in put, it, <laughs> put, it in a, put it in a bag, then put that bag in another bag, and then you handcuff that bag to your wrist. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Dude, the pouch. The pouch puts it over. Yeah. Okay. So obviously the razor does not come out until 2020. So we can't give any real feedback on this device uh, as far as hands-on. Until but, so I, I think that we kind of can, and I, w- I want to give Motorola credit. So this device isn't coming out until 2020. And right now right. We're, midway, we're midway through November. So it's not that mm-hmm. far away. But they were letting people hold this, handle it, yes. use it, film it. As opposed to, you know, like when Huawei first announced the Mate X, you couldn't even see it. Galaxy right. Fold when it was announced, it would have sort of Same pulled thing. out of a coat pocket and put back away. Motorola's like, here, yep. play with this. This is a real thing. And that got me excited, too. Plus, I think it's a cool comeback story. Oh, I think so, too. And uh, what I meant was you and I, like at oh, this yeah. point, okay. you and fair I enough, are not going to have hands on. So it'll be a while before we give our impressions on Geared Up. One other thing on the Razer that I assume when you saw it, you loved it. There's a mode that you can put the phone in yes. that makes it look exactly like the old Razer. So it takes the entire length of the display and mimics the look of the original razor yes i love that so much uh i thought that was such a cool easter egg that motorola mm-hmm. uh motorola did i i just thought it was very very cool all right let's move on to the next topic i know another one you're excited about especially okay. because two weeks ago you were saying either gonna be probably for your next car this is the saga that we follow every week the update it is, it, it is indeed update. A, a saga so you were saying your next car is either going to be a Model 3 or for some crazy reason, midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it, you were looking at a straight up pickup truck. When you were enamored. <laughs> a straight up and, pickup truck. Yeah. That's right. And now <laughs> we have finally a date, November 21st. I'm still waiting for my invite, Elon. I don't know what's up, but Tesla will be unveiling officially their pickup truck. The Cyber Truck. The Cyber Truck. Which it appears is going to be the actual name of the truck. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, they trademarked Cyber Truck. Was it? Let me tell you how With they're spelling no vowels, it here. Right? It, it, yeah, it's C. Was it C B R T R K or something like that? Something like that, yes. Are you excited about this one? I went from having really no electric pickup trucks to within presumably the next couple of years. Rivian coming out with their RT1. Tesla's yep. probably bizarre looking Cybertruck. Ford's got electric F-150. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am hyped. And if I do get my Model 3, it's only on a two-year lease, which will coincide with when the Rivian will be widely available and presumably when this Tesla truck is out. So I'm going to get the best of both worlds. I'm going to get my uh, truck on so I can haul uh, probably paper <laughs> towels from Costco. Uh, right. <laughs> but also drive electric and go zero to 60 in like three seconds. So I think everything's coming out, John, uh, when it comes to electric cars. And unlike you, and this is to rub it in a little bit, I will be at the I will be at the event. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Um, I think it'll be a historic event. And anybody who's not there will be left out of the annals of history. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Just kidding. It's, it's in L.A. So I'm going to I'm pretty stoked to um, pretty stoked to go see it and uh, have a video of it. Uh, I actually did a video giving predictions for it. And it appears my predictions were perhaps right and perhaps wrong. But I do have something 
that I think is going to make this truck unique, aside from just looking super bizarre. Okay, so we're going to leave a link to your video in the show notes. We will. But what... Tell me what tell me what you mean by I think I was correct, but also incorrect. So here's what I'm going to think. So by all accounts, this truck has a very weird rakish front end. Rakish. Elon's is like it, it's very like angular. OK. And that seems like a very strange decision for a truck. Mm-hmm. And to Tesla's credit, mm. their design has usually been beautiful, but there's been function to the form. Yes. Correct. For sure. Yes. Because the curviness of the Tesla vehicles is, you know, not just to look good, but also for aerodynamic purposes. Correct. Yes. Okay. So, and and bear with me here. So, if anybody's not familiar with Teslas or, or most EVs, normal internal combustion cars have an engine, traditionally at least, an engine in the front and a trunk in the back, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you get in a car accident, that engine essentially has to be inside something called a crumple zone. The engine yes. usually goes underneath the cabin if it gets smushed in the front. And that way there's sort of space for the people driving mm-hmm. to not get murdered by, by an engine. For sure. Um, in Teslas, there's something called a front trunk, which is an open space that you can store things in. And the way it works, you've got sort of fender, a little bit of space, then you've got that open area, and then you've got a little more, usually it's like air filters and stuff, and then the passenger cabin, correct? Correct. You're with me so far, right? Yes, yes. And for safety purposes, that's essentially all crumple zone. Infinitely safer, there's no engine that has to be moved or diverted in an accident. Right, Now, what if this rakish front of the truck, and the hallmark of a truck is obviously having a bed in the back, right? Correct. What if this front trunk essentially had, or this this, uh, Tesla truck essentially had a front hatchback, a fratchback, if you will. What? Where where when you open this thing up, instead of having a bit of a lip where you'd have a space to put stuff in like a trunk, you have essentially a hatchback, a second bed almost, in the front what? of that truck. A fratchback, first of all. A fratchback. Please hashtag fratchback if you're listening to this show. A fratchback. Okay. So. And I think that might be why it's got this weird cyber truck look, because you can actually lift up that front hood, I guess, uh-huh. and have an entirely second covered bed. That's absurd in the best of ways. But couldn't you see that? I don't know if I described that properly, oh, absolutely. but couldn't you see that happening? I can see that. Like it would have to be like a, a true hatchback. And correct me if, if I'm wrong, because I'm not the biggest car guy. A true hatchback is when you open your trunk, which is a hatch, you mm-hmm. can basically go from the trunk into the cabin with nothing in between, right? Correct. And so I'm assuming what you're saying is it's similar to that, except there would be something separating the front storage area correct. from the cabin. Correct. Yeah. Probably a firewall or something will be okay. there. Um, okay. But you've got essentially like a the bed of a truck in the front. That's which crazy. Is kind of ang- but, but, but kind of like, like an angular tonneau cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For kind sure. Of covering it. I would not mind that at all. I mean, that, that crazy, sounds right? good. That sounds good. You would have, my understanding is that um, pickup trucks in particular have more of a, of a chance of like fishtailing due to the unevenness of the, the weight Correct. distribution. But with Correct. the battery, I'm assuming that holds things down to the ground. Not an issue. Yep. So not an issue. You are now planted. You can have your, oh man, if you have that much storage. Plus, if you have the nice bed, like, so the cabin, I'm assuming here, is going to be similar to, like, a Model X, but with just two rows. So, you'll um, have... Um, yeah. So, supposedly, Elon said it'll be a six-seater. So, oh, it'll wow. have a front bench and then a rear bench. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. 
this is all exciting to me because the one thing I don't like about pickup trucks, aside from their insane amount of gas that they use, True. is feeling like I don't have enough space like inside them because most pickup trucks I've been in are the single row where there's not really yes. even a second row. And I know the second row has been coming into popularity for a few years now, but I just haven't ever been in one of those. So I've sure. always shied away from that because I'm like, this isn't practical for, you know, if you have a family, it's more of mm-hmm. a utility truck. And now we're seeing if you can fit six people in there and you only have like you and yourself and like a kid or two, this could be fine. It could be awesome. And so what you're talking about is called a crew cab when you've got sort of that extra room. So if you look at something like the Dodge Ram 1500 or the Chevy Silverado with the crew cab, you essentially have like the seating capacity minus a third row of a Suburban. Okay. You've got a huge amount of room in the back. I mean, I could easily fit three car seats and then lay on the floor. You have so much <laughs> wow. room in the back of these things. So you could take that much room plus presumably a huge bed. You might have the perfect car. And, you know, Elon gets crazy, right? Right, of course. With things he says. So he claimed that this truck could be capable, theoretically capable of hauling 300,000 pounds. What? So the Ford F-150, I believe, can haul about 8,000 pounds. Wait a minute. What? Um, <laughs> yes, correct. My you heard God. me correct. 300,000 pounds. And the current F-150, again, I believe is about eight to 9,000 pounds, depending on which F-series you okay. get. So that's insane. So I also have another prediction. This event, I believe, is going to be at SpaceX. Mm-hmm. I bet they announced this truck hauling SpaceX's Falcon spaceship behind it. Wow. I'm all full of predictions wow. here. No, I, and jeez. <laughs> and because I did my homework mm-hmm. before our podcast, people who are maybe listening outside of the U.S. are wondering why Americans care about pickup trucks. Mm. Do you know what the number one selling automobile in America is for the past 35 years? I absolutely do because it surprised me when I learned it. It is the Ford F-150 pickup truck. It is a Ford F-150. There's an F-series truck that is being sold every 30 seconds in America. I don't and get numbers it. And two, numbers two and three, depending on the year, Chevy Silverado and Dodge Ram. Also pickup trucks. Just also for pickup those trucks. Jeez. Okay. So if you have a company that's saying our goal, our stated mission is to speed up the adoption of sustainable transportation, Mm, mm -hmm. you have to have a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. But are people in middle America that use their trucks for work going to buy a weird ass cyber truck? Like, I don't know about that. What can it do that theirs can't? I think it really comes down to that. Now, obviously, there are some people out there who just love coal and love fossil fuels. There are those people out there that hate electric vehicles. Sure. Take those people out of the equation, though. And the reason I, I mention that is because a lot of those people do drive pickup trucks. Um, But Mm -hmm. you take those people out of the equation. If I'm a business person, I want the most value for my money. Correct. So let's just go to the Tesla. What's the name of their their big truck? The diesel truck replacement. I forget. The semi? The semi. Yeah, Tesla semi. Okay. So the goal with the semi is obviously you're not using gas, but also with autopilot, you can have a train of semis. So you're paying one worker to drive, let's just say, three or four trucks with the two mm-hmm. or three trucks behind the driver, all in autopilot, all communicating with each other. Presumably. presumably yeah, presumably. So the best case scenario. Yeah. If you're able to do that, and if that becomes a thing, then as a business owner, if I'm able to buy this truck for just a little more than its standard truck, but I don't have to pay the salary and benefits and everything that goes along with 
an employee, I can have one person driving four trucks instead of four people driving four trucks and having them possibly be able to drive for longer stretches of time due to autopilot and all that. I'm seriously considering that. And so if if this Tesla truck can haul more or if it can you know, save me in gas pricing or any, any of this stuff, it has to be something that I seriously consider if I'm a good business person. And I assume that a lot of these pickup trucks that are selling are to industry. So farming, et cetera, in the United States. Obviously, people are going to buy these for themselves as well for personal vehicles. But my assumption, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that they sell so well because they work so well for people who are entrepreneurs who need to, whether you're an entrepreneur or big business, who have businesses that require you to have a pickup truck. Like when people come out here to do my landscaping, they show up in a pickup truck because that's how they carry all their equipment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think if you're a clear-minded business person, it has to be something that you're going to consider. And I would assume Tesla, like you did before the podcast, Tesla has done their homework and said, you know what? Here are the pain points for business owners. Here are the pain points for people who buy pickup trucks. Why do they buy them? How can they be made better in a way that we can do that no one else can do? And if they have a story to tell like that, I don't know, man, game over. I agree. And if you look at the pain points of trucks, what you said, you said very eloquently, it's how much can it hold, how much can it haul, and how often do I have to fill it up and for how much? Okay. And I think and taking out the folks that really just love, you know, the sound and the engine noise of trucks, and I'm sure that's a lot of people, taking those folks out of the equation, if you say, okay, the average truck can haul or can tow, let's say 8,000 pounds, even 10,000 pounds on the high end, if you want to go for like a 250 or F350. Okay. And now you've got a truck that Elon's claiming can haul 300,000. Obviously, that's insane, and it would rip the car apart to do that. <laughs> but let's even say 10% of that. Yeah. 30,000. Right. That's essentially three times the hauling capacity of a regular truck. And beyond that, due to the nature of a truck, you could have huge potential batteries underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. And he's claimed a starting price of around $50,000. So assuming right. that, you know, that, that, goes up to, that goes up to 60 or 70. But because I've looked at a lot of trucks... Uh, if I look at a Dodge Ram Limited, 1500 fully loaded, or an F-150 Raptor pretty fully loaded, you're looking at around $70,000 for a truck. Okay. So if you compare seventy dollars to $70,000, you're probably getting one of the bigger battery packs, mm-hmm. probably getting about 300, 350 miles of range, plus you can tow 30,000 pounds, which is an insane amount. And beyond that, you've got access to supercharger networks, you can charge it at home. You're not putting out that crazy amount of money for gas. That's an appealing proposition I just hope it doesn't look so damn ugly. Yeah, hopefully it looks good. But the price right there that you mentioned, like that is so surprising, like matching the pricing of similar vehicles is not typically what I think of when I think of Tesla, especially like non model three vehicles. So the price seems like it's going to be right, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what they have to show us next week. I'm stoked too. on our next podcast. We can talk about it. Yes. I'll have seen it. And we can share some share some opinions on on if we were right or wrong. Okay, and I I do not want to be left out of the annals of history, so I am continuing to see how I can make my way, finagle my way into this event. So hopefully, there. hopefully, I'm standing beside you when all goes down. We'll see. Listen, I would love that, and uh, drinks on me. <laughs> nice. All right, coming up next after the break, we'll be taking a look at the long-awaited. And it's finally here, 16-inch MacBook Pro. It's coming up next on Geared Up. 
Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. And once again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, John, it's finally here. We've been talking about this. We've been waiting with bated breath. We suffered for three years with butterfly switch keyboards. And seemingly, Apple has heard us and they've given us what seems to be a mea culpa. The 16-inch MacBook Pro was announced a couple of days ago, starting to arrive in people's hands today. And for all intents and purposes, for everything that I'm seeing here, Apple has not only addressed the concerns, many concerns people had with the previous model, but they've also improved it in ways that no one even expected them to. So let's run down the list here. MacBook Pro, first of all, when it was announced, how excited were you? So first I want to ask, how baited was your breath? (laughs) So, so baited, bro. I mean, I I think that I felt guilty to like the Apple rumor mill of like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to have face ID and it's going to hover and all this kind of crazy stuff. (laughs) Then what you get is just like a, you know, a 15 inch MacBook Pro replacement with a one inch bigger screen. Right. I mean, is that it? Okay. Is that it? I mean, okay. So we can talk keyboard. I did not have butterfly keyboard issues, but that is not to say they did not exist. Sure. But because I did not experience them personally, I don't have the vitriol. That makes sense. That perhaps others have. That makes uh, sense. For for those keys. Okay. So I have had, just for the record, several butterfly key MacBook, MacBook Pro, MacBook Airs, and I have had to get five of them replaced at an Apple store after purchasing specifically due to keyboard issues over the past three years. Prior to that, prior to these butterfly switch keyboards, I had to have MacBooks replaced zero times for keyboard issues. So it was definitely something that was affecting me and always had me kind of nervous. Even if things were going fine, I always just felt like, when is this going to happen again? Because it obviously will. Yeah. So I get that. And so they essentially went back to the old style of, of switches and made it a little bit better and improvement. I will say where I think Apple did a nice job, and perhaps this is a weird thing to say, is is even on the pricing. Mm -hmm. So it's expensive, first of all. It's a little bit bigger in the same chassis size at $2,400, the starting price point. Yep. But for a starting price point, you get a very usable computer. Mm -hmm. You've got a ninth gen Core i7. It's a six core processor. You got the AMD Radeon 5300, four gigs of GDDR6 memory, I believe. Yep. 16 gigs of RAM and a 512 gigabyte SSD. So You've got a very workable computer, but the, how you spec this thing up now max out, I believe with eight terabytes of SSD and 64 yep. gigabytes of RAM is about 6,500 bucks, which is obviously expensive, but for what you are getting doesn't seem crazy. No, not at all. Especially when you consider the fact that the 15 inch MacBook Pro, when you spec that out completely, it was more expensive by about $1,500 yes. and did not have 64 gigs of RAM or an eight terabyte SSD in it. So you're getting more for less money here. We can run down. We can run down. So you, you talked about the keyboard. 
Now, to be fair, they didn't go back to the old keyboard. What they did was they basically took the magic keyboard that comes with your iMac, if you buy an iMac or iMac Pro, and they took those keys and just basically transplanted that into the MacBook Pro. So you still have a lot of the benefits that they wanted the butterfly switch keyboard to have. And I actually didn't realize Correct. This. I my assumption when I, like I have an iMac Pro with the keyboard that came in the box here. I always assumed that this was also a butterfly keyboard. Interesting. Just because they look similar, but apparently not. This is a Citrus Switch keyboard. And so they just took this and put that into the MacBook Pro, which is good. They brought back the escape key, which mm-hmm. a lot of people want. They I did. didn't care about that one. That was one. I, 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 I rarely hit escape, but apparently a lot of people do. And they also moved the touch bar, that whole top strip up just a little bit to avoid people accidentally tapping on it when they don't mean to. And they separated Touch ID out into its own button. And this one did throw me off. The arrow keys are now once again the reverse T shape. So you can just feel for them. That would always mess me up ever since they got rid of that to make it look a little better, like make it look more even. Correct. But then you couldn't you couldn't do just like the touch and feel. You had to actually pay attention to what you were doing. So they made some keyboard changes. I'm happy. And it sounds like they made changes based on what people were complaining about. Yeah, so like exactly. Were, a lot of people wanted the escape key. A lot of people wanted the reverse T for the arrows to go back. A lot of people wanted the keyboard to change. So I, I guess I give Apple credit, a company that generally maybe doesn't listen so much to feedback. Right. Seems to be listening a lot to feedback. I think so. Display is bigger, as we said, 16 inches. Now, the last one was 15.4 inches, so it's not a full inch larger but it's a little more than half an inch larger. Yeah. It also has a little bit of a higher density. So it's 226 PPI now instead of 220. I don't know if you're going to, if that's going to like make a difference visually, but it is an improvement. Audio is one of the areas where it's been vastly improved and a place where most people weren't complaining. Like no one really complains about laptop speakers because they're laptop speakers. You don't expect the best out of yeah. them. And what Apple did is basically... I don't even know how they did this, but it's it's six speakers now in this computer and they're using in a way, it's not the exact same tech, but the tech in a HomePod that kind of figures out its environment and what's around it and how to make the best sound. Apparently they're using the same things they've learned over there and they've applied it to their laptop speakers to the point where people are saying that who've heard it. If you play music out of this and you turn it all the way up, you're not getting a distortion. It doesn't sound like a laptop speaker. It basically sounds like you have a HomePod inside yeah. of your laptop, which is amazing. Crazy. I don't know how they do this stuff. And supposedly as well, the microphones drastically improved. They said it can replace like a Yeti or something, which I have a hard time believing. Yeah. So if you watched, uh, did you see uh, John Morrison's video? Yeah, you know, I share studio space with John, right? I know that. Yes, did you see his I video? did. I have absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely watched the video. Okay, so he did a video where he interviewed Phil Schiller. We'll put that in the show notes as well. His audio was recorded on the MacBook Pro. He was not mic'd up. Well, I'm assuming he probably had a mic just as backup in case it just went terrible. Yes. But his part of the audio was through a MacBook Pro that was sitting on a table, like not even right up to his face, but was like, I don't know, four or five feet away from him. And it totally sounded fine. Like I was shocked. And then Renee Ritchie recorded his video. I'll put that in show notes too. Why not? His video on the new MacBook Pro was recorded entirely on the built-in mics as well. Mm-hmm. Sounded totally fine. Like it didn't sound any different than any of his other videos. I was shocked. 
Yeah, it's very impressive. And for somebody who's a perfectionist when it comes to audio, like John, he's somebody that I really respect a lot when it comes to audio. I'm I'm not a sound guy, so I don't hear the things that his ears hear, Mm -hmm. is really impressive. So I I do want to give Apple credit. But on the flip side, too, they did also keep the camera at 720p. No one's giving them credit for that. (laughs) Um, And I'm curious, like, is it just so when I look at like my iPhone or an iPad or whatever, not only do you have the thickness of the body, but then you have an additional camera bump on there. Yes. Because they have these great cameras. So they can't. So when you look at the thinness of the front display glass to the back of the display casing, whatever you want to call it on the MacBook Pro, it's so thin. Is that why we're not getting an improved camera here? And I, like, is I'm it because guessing. other laptops are thicker? Would you want them to make it thicker too? I mean, I, I know it sucks to have a 720p camera, but I also know that the last time I've used a camera on my laptop was probably like three years ago. I mean, I'm okay making things thicker in general. So it gives it better battery life and overall better specs. Yeah. I, I'm okay with like carrying a couple of thick boys around. So yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I think especially when it comes to Apple's where they like to brag about specs and camera such mm-hmm. uh, and such, I, I do think it is like a big pain point with them. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a completely fair yeah. assessment. We've had a 720p camera on these things for several years, I think like half a decade now with no improvements Correct. to cameras. That's too long, especially when you're, you're touting your improvement and your, yeah. your camera prowess on your mobile side. It just seems like a big, like a weird, very weird miss. I agree. Battery life has improved, though. Speaking of clapping. improvements, clapping. they have added an additional 10% battery life. And they added, so the two big specs that I saw that I think are we're talking about, or at least mentioning, now you can spec it out to 64 gigabytes of RAM, and you can add in an eight terabyte SSD. So this really is like the iMac Pro of laptops for Cor- Apple. Correct. I think a perfect uh, analogy there. Yeah. And you're getting it for cheaper than which would have got the last Gen 4. More spec'd out. Way better thermals. So it's not going to be throttling anywhere near as much. From people that I've heard from so far, editing video, because obviously that's the circle we run in. People who are editing and exporting video. Mm-hmm. The fans aren't kicking on anywhere near as much, which is similar to the kind of the upgrade from an iMac to an iMac Pro where you can do the same stuff and it's not the fans just aren't kicking on. So I think Apple has a winner on its hands here this year. I agree. I mean, it's hard to look at this computer and not think it's a winner. It's expensive and it's not for everybody. Uh, But for those that need it, I think it's going to be a welcome addition. Is this a computer for you? Because I remember last week we were talking about this and you were saying it almost sounded like you were more excited about seeing a 14 inch version. Yeah, I I am. So I'm right now I'm recording off of a 13 inch MacBook Pro. Um, I don't do that much editing myself anymore. So I don't Mm -hmm. need a 15 inch editing powerhouse. Now, having said that, I think a 14 inch version to replace my 13 would be really nice option to have. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I'm a demographic. I think it would be a wasted on me to spend $2,400 on a computer, which might be weird for some people to hear. But for folks that are editing, so the guys that I work with, uh, yeah. it's going to be a must-have. So you're not rushing out to buy a 16-inch MacBook Pro for yourself? For myself. Now, we did go out and buy one okay. today because obviously we want to test it. Yes. Yes is the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, By the way, it supports two external 6K displays. That includes the new Apple Pro Display XDR once those are available in December. And if you're doing 4K displays instead of 6K, you can hook up four external 4K displays to one of these MacBook Pros. So, yeah, like I said, very impressive all around. Before we move on to the next topic, though, the one other thing I want to say negative 
on this machine Do it. with all the things that we just read, that we just talked about, all the specs, all the improvements, all the ways that Apple listens to the consumer, no SD card slot. They couldn't I know, just, I know, I know. Just, they couldn't just give it back. As long as they're bringing things back, right? Just that, just that one thing. I, I mean, if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like that was the one port. And I don't mind when Apple takes stuff away. I didn't care about the headphone jack. I didn't care about the CD drive. Like, But that one, the SD card slot on the MacBook Pro, I felt like that was a little bit too soon. You felt it. I felt that one. That's uh, fair. I think, that, I think mostly, that's fair. I mean, mostly due to laziness, I guess. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it's, now it's, I have it's the to, dongle like, life, right? Right. You have to like grab your dongle or you have to grab a USB-C cord and put it into the camera and put the camera into the computer directly instead of just taking the card out and slapping it in the computer. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, 16-inch MacBook Pro available right now. Available right me. now. All right. Let's move on to the last topic before we get out of here. Okay. Another big, everything we talked about this week is like a big announcement and something that's been long awaited. This is another one of those long-awaited big announcement finally here, Disney Plus. It's true. It's here. You have launched, children. Launched on the 12th. I have children who are already very into it, mostly because I'm forcing them to watch Tailspin and Gargoyles, the things that I watched <laughs> as a kid. But I did the three-year D23 thing. Yes. It is awesome. And remind me, did that give us like three years for $60 or something yeah, like it, that? It was like an insane. I think it was crazy. like 40% off. Then I realized I've got Verizon and I could have had a year for free um, because I've got one of their limited plans. So jokes on okay. me <laughs> for that. But it has been the streaming service to have. Uh, you still don't have all the Marvel movies, but most of them are there. All the yeah. Disney movies, all the Pixar movies, all the originals that are there, which I'll talk about in a minute. National Geographic, every season of The Simpsons. I mean, the amount Mm -hmm. of content that's there and what's coming is amazing, despite it having some launch issues and it crashing for a bunch of people, which they should not have happened. Right, right. Very interesting. I found very quickly for me personally that I'm excited for something like this, Disney Plus. I think of all the nostalgia, all the stuff that I used to watch. I'm going to get to watch whenever I want to. Yeah. And then I get the service and I'm like... Well, I've already seen this, so I like that it's there. I just like to see it visually on screen that I have access to it, but I have no desire to watch The Lion King right now. Like, I've already watched it. So I have quickly find that I actually am more about, on any streaming service, more about the originals. Let me see the new stuff, like The Mandalorian, for example. So I feel like Disney Plus is kind of lacking on day one with original content. So I don't disagree with that. The nice thing, though, about the old stuff, though, is you can download it. And you can keep mm. all those movies on your iPad. You know, if I'm traveling with my kids, I'd, I'd, I'd yes. buy a bunch of stuff and download it and keep it. I don't have to do that anymore. Um, right, right. I can just download it. Now, it is, it is short on original content, which I will give you right now. But more is coming. You know, you've got sort of the Mandalorian as the, mm-hmm. the flagship, uh, which and I'm not going to do any spoilers here. I haven't seen episode two yet. As of the filming came out today, chapter one was awesome. And Wait, is I, episode two out? It came out today. Oh, OK. So okay. I cannot wait to keep watching that show. And yeah. my friend Jock Slade was on the very first episode of the Jeff Goldblum show. Yes, so he was. That was cool. That is amazing. So I had another reason to watch it just to support him. So mm-hmm. I'm in. I am all in on Disney Plus. Even if my friends weren't in it, I would still be all <laughs> in on, uh, on Disney Plus. I like it. I just wish that they followed like with Apple, right? Apple was all original programming, no back catalog of anything. Nothing. And so they what they did, they don't have any IP, right? Right. 
So what they did with their new shows, though, was they gave you three episodes out of the gate. So they didn't do the Netflix thing where it was, here's the full season just dropping day one, bam. Yeah. But you could dig into a show a little bit and then have to wait, you know, till next week for the fourth episode. So I was just hoping, right. like for The Mandalorian, if they would have given me the first three episodes out of the gate, I would have been way happier. Yeah. Just because, again, once I started going through the content, I was like, well, I've amazing i have all the seasons of the simpsons but i've seen a lot of this stuff and i'd rather not see a repeat of something i want to see like some new something new so that was just it and again obviously this is going to grow and this yes. is not this oh, yeah. is in no means do i mean to say this as an implication that you should not sign up for disney plus i'm just more pointing out the one thing that i wish that they had more of sure. on day one totally That's fair all. totally fair um but no i mean this is interesting because they said within 24 hours they had signed up 10 million subscribers which I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. Obviously, that's not anywhere near what Netflix has. I am super curious how Apple TV Plus is doing with the whole, if you've purchased an, any Apple yeah. hardware in the past, I think it was like four months leading up to the release. And then anytime after you get a full year, how many people are they seeing using their service? Probably, um, probably one, a lot, I would imagine. I would assume so too. The one kudos I want to give both companies is well apple has done it with all their content so far everything is in 4k yes everything is in dolby vision if you have a dolby vision compatible tv and if you don't it's in hdr and everything is in dolby atmos sound so the highest quality streaming sound the highest quality video quality that you can get you're getting from apple and apparently they're also the the highest bit rate of any streaming service but disney plus also Anything that they can put in 4K, they put it in 4K and HDR. They're not doing Dolby Atmos on, I haven't seen it on anything, but it's a nice to have. It's not a, it's not a must have. Yeah. The one thing though, how is Avatar not in 4 Like that's just full HD. Like yeah, Avatar. That's, that's surprising. Maybe there's technical limitations for how they, what they could do, but no, that is Weird. surprising. That is definitely surprising. Yeah. But I like seeing this visual quality because it's so weird, but broadcast TV has fallen way behind. Uh, broadcast TV is correct. not giving you the best sound, and it's it still seems to be stuck in 1080p land. Correct. It's the streaming services that are taking us into the, the next level. All right, Disney Plus. Have you been using Apple TV Plus at all? I watch Helpsters with my kids on it. But no, I, I generally am not, not watching too much on Apple TV Plus. Helpsters, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for Servant. Have you heard of that one? I have. That one does look very good. I'm a M. Night Shyamalan fan. I know he kind of um, yeah burned some bridges with a lot of people with some of his movies, but I've always found his stuff to be at least, at the very least, intriguing. And this show looks intriguing. comes out on uh, November 28th. But yeah, that's that's the update on the streaming services, Disney Plus. I don't know what, what the next big thing is going to be after this. It's all the shows. Who, who I mean, else has a, something? But it's I don't start, know. Nothing really new, but all the new shows are going to start hitting Disney Plus, all the Marvel shows. And that's what I think you start to see yes. the powerhouse uh, that it's going to be. I'm ready. All right. Well, with that, I think that takes us to the end of this Woo! episode of Geared Up. Lots of stuff. Next week, we're going to be talking about some. We have Black Friday around the corner, holidays. Maybe we'll give us some holiday picks from each of us. We'll see. I don't want to make any promises and then not deliver, but it's a maybe. We'll it's true. See. Yes. So, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at YouTube.com slash Gear Live. And John is at YouTube.com slash John for 
Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.